back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 6, Episode 2, Cleaning House, and this uh, extremely light-skinned white person next to me <laughs> is Jen Runkle, my wife and my co-podcaster. <laughs> Quite the introduction. That yeah. is me. Hello, everyone. Um, we don't have any emails. I didn't have any upfront trivia. Although Jen does have some interesting facts or statistics that she found on Spotify about our podcast. And who likes to hear podcasters talk about themselves more? No, it's actually mostly me talking about the audience, which is what I think is like super cool about this. So No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear because I haven't heard this yet. Yeah. Steve doesn't know what Spotify wrapped is. I'm assuming most of the audience does. But, um so you get it for like the music you listen to, but then if you have content, you can also get it on the content side. And so like for your music, it'll give you like a summary of like, here's your top artists, here's the top songs you listen to. Um, but then when you go in for the podcast stuff, it gives you mostly like just kind of like facts and little interesting things about your podcasts and demographics and things. So I will start with our podcast has been heard in 64 countries in 2022. Top five were U.S., Sweden, Germany, Canada, and Norway. So that's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, very. Apparently, we have created more than 75% of other creators in the TV and film category. Wait, say that again. said we've created more minutes of content than 75% of other creators in the TV and film category. Okay, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, We are, this is, I think, my favorite part. So we are a top 10 podcast for 391 people, a top 5 podcast for 218 people, and the number 1 podcast for 42 people. What? Like, isn't that awesome? Uh, I got, I'm dying to know how they know this. It's based on, like, people's listening. So okay. So when you listen to podcasts via Spotify, like, that's all tracked. Okay. And so, like... When I did my Spotify wrapped for my personal Spotify account, it told me which podcasts I listened to the most, which coincidentally was post-show recaps. <laughs> I think it's especially impressive in that lately we were only putting out one podcast every other week. Right. That's why I was really surprised by the like 75% more minutes of content. Well, everybody look at your Spotify if you're listening to us through Spotify and let us know where we rank on your Spotify rankings. Yes. That'd be interesting to me. Jen and I are in good moods lately because we had our house completely repainted. It's beautiful. We had recessed lighting put in across the entire house. We have a few more projects coming up, but just those alone is a nice facelift yeah, for the interior really of our house. it really makes a huge difference. In a week, we're going to Hawaii. A week from today. Taking Tyler with us. We've got some fun activities planned out there. Um, so obviously, you know, it's not going to be less than a week than we release another podcast, but... Yeah, we're out of commission for a while because we go to Hawaii, we're back for a day, and then we're going to visit my family in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I hope to fit one in somewhere there, but um, no promises, obviously. We we never actually get to meet promises that we make on <laughs> podcasting. So, so we, now it's just a surprise when we show up in your feed. We've been watching and enjoying... Fleischman's in Trouble. Fleischman's in Trouble, thank you. And we promised to report back on it because Josh Radner's on it, although we've seen the first three episodes and he's appeared in one scene 
in the first three episodes. So. Has he? Do I even remember? Oh, he, yeah, he's he, somebody's husband. He's That's Rosie right. Kaplan's character's husband. That's right. Okay. Yeah, for a second I was like, why are you bringing up that show? What's that have to do with anything? <laughs> I completely forgot he was in it. But other than that, it's highly enjoyable. Jesse Eisenberg, um, Seth. Not Seth. That's his character <laughs> in the OC. Uh, and his character in... This show. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. He set them both. Adam. Brody. Brody. Thank you. Lizzie Kaplan. And it looks like on the next episode, we're going to get Christian Slater. Looks like he might be his therapist. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's been really good. So and a few other recognizable faces. But we're enjoying that. Yeah. And then completely unrelated to anything How I Met Your Mother, I've been watching Wednesday on Netflix, and it's really, really good. So <laughs> also a recommend. I just started um, I'm two episodes into King of Tulsa. Oh, yeah. The Sylvester Stallone, where he's a mobster that gets sent to set up shop in Tulsa. It's really good so far. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Back to podcast stuff. All right. Uh, thoughts on this episode? I really liked this episode. Like, I laughed out loud a lot. It, like, actually made me tear up at the end. Like, <laughs> And it just gave me, like, those warm, fuzzy feelings of, like, you don't see sitcoms like this anymore, like, doing that duality of like the comedy but also like the the like heartfelt stories within it yeah so far i'd say this is kind of a top three episode in regards to sentimentality Mm -hmm. and they they played it very well and the acting the dramatic acting in it was done very well Mm -hmm. there was some bad there was a lot of bad jokes in it but there's also really good high point laugh moments uh yeah you know what? I haven't picked a, bat, a worse joke yet, but I think I know where it's coming from. But it wasn't like, there wasn't anything that was like, oh, that was really, really bad. I didn't really enjoy any of the Marshall, Lily, Santa Claus, truth stuff. Yeah, it was so fast, though. Like, that didn't really ping on my radar. I was starting to get a little bit annoyed with the Robin and Ted oh, back and, and that forth. I, and that I really liked. But then I was like, you know, it's going on. Like, it's lasting so long, but then it keeps getting funnier and funnier the okay. more it went on. So I was like, okay, never mind. This is good. All right. So we start off the episode at McLaren's. Barney starts off telling some story about hooking up with some girl, woman, um, it starts to get a little ridiculous, and he cuts himself off and says that he just can't keep entertaining them tonight. Um, they try and dig out of him what's wrong. He reveals that his mother is selling the house he grew up in. Now, Jen, your mom still lives in the house you grew up in. Did we cover this? I think we've—no, I think we just had this conversation ourselves because yeah. the other day I brought up that I, all of a sudden I felt a little bit melancholy that— I can't go back to my house that I grew up in because we sold it right. when my mom passed away. And, you know, I, I, I think I returned to it about a month after or a few weeks after we sold it. And already they had, like, broken the entire bottom floor apart to redo it, and right. I, which I thought was pretty amazing that they had worked that quickly. It was just this one guy by himself who is a contractor, so he knows how to do the work. But, yeah, I was, I was feeling a little sad that... I don't get to do that anymore. And that, right. that was uh, sort of a touchstone of, you know, this is the first Thanksgiving without my mom because she always mm-hmm. comes over to our house and then rides along with us down to Virginia to see my brother's family. So that there was that. But then there was really, yeah, mostly, and it, it wasn't even this episode that kicked it off, that, no, I don't get back to go. I don't get to go back to that house. And that was sort of something I look forward to when we'd go have dinner at her house. wasn't mm-hmm. so much the, oh, I get someone to cook for us. <laughs> But more the, oh, you know, I kind of enjoy being back at the place where I grew up. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you lived that like that was the only place you ever lived. Just, yeah, like you guys didn't move around at all. Correct. So, yeah, that's a long time to right. have mom a connection had, to one house. My mom had been in that house since 1973, and so, quick math, you know, fifty, oh, almost God, fifty yeah, years, almost fifty years wow. next year. So I sort of felt his melancholy on this. Although he really just uses this as a setup to talk them into helping them, helping her pack up the house and move boxes out. Right. Before we get to that, we do have Ted empathizing with him, and Marshall said, you can't relate. Your mom still lives in your house that you grew up in. And then Ted points out that um, he goes into a little line that I, I thought was both good and bad. It was good because... He says that he thinks they turned his old room into a tantric sex temple. But then it goes into a weird line about, you know, bamboo, pot smoke, and 60s music. It's like my old G.I. Joes are frozen in some weird Vietnam flashback. I liked that joke. Oh, I thought I, it was funny. I did. <laughs> like, it was just so off the wall. <laughs> Lily's incredulous. She says, you really expect us to spend a whole day packing up your mom's house? Barton's like, no, two-day job. Right. So everybody is like, nope, not doing that. <laughs> and Barney takes this as a challenge. Surprisingly, without doing the challenge accepted thing. Oh, true. I didn't think about that. We, we cut over his convincing them. That, right. That we didn't need to see that, so I'm glad that they did it. They just cut to them packing up his mom's place at uh, Loretta's house and Lily saying, how did they do that? <laughs> So this is kind of funny. I follow like a couple of How I Met Your Mother groups on Facebook, and just randomly in the last few days, I saw you know, like I assume you've seen like the memes that have just like quotes from a show. Mm-hmm. And so I saw this one, like the whole thing between Barney and Ted. The <laughs> box. Up. Yeah. Yeah. This I, I really <laughs> like this where Barney walks in and says to Ted, "Whoa, that thing you're packing is way too big to fit in that box." Yeah, that's what your mom said. How dare you! <laughs> No, she actually said that. And then Loretta comes in. Oh, dear, I thought I told you that's just not going to fit in there. <laughs> that was well played. Very funny, but also why is Ted still trying to put this thing in the box? Yeah. <laughs> it was worth it. Yes. Um, James enters, which is exciting. We haven't seen him in a while. Tall, dark, and awesome. Yep, so everybody says their hellos. Um, yeah, Loretta's being the mom. Look at my boys, so big and strong and handsome. And they do the little, like, embarrassed uh-huh. thing. Right. Yeah, there's some joking around about how Barney bought James's son a Dolce & Gabbana suit. And then Robin comes to Ted and tells him that she totally talked him up to that super hot makeup girl, Liz. Ted wants to know what she said. And, you know, Robin runs through the list of things that she said about him. How funny, guilt, how funny, handsome. What an incredible lover. And then she goes into a lot of detail. Yes, apparently she sent this in an email, like these very descriptive (laughs) ways in which Ted's going to be the best lover ever. Yeah, he knows a woman's body better than she knows her own. Endless waves of pleasure. Just cresting and breaking for hours and hours. Jen can relate. And (laughs) Ted wants to know, how, how, how can I possibly live up to that review? Teddy Westside can bring it, but she broke a rule of don't oversell it. Right. And then he goes into a karate kid diatribe. 
Which like, is. yeah, if you tell someone the Karate Kid's the best movie in the world, they already sort of did this with Jerry Maguire in past episodes of why Marshall didn't like Jerry Maguire. Right, right, right. As Ted's talking about the Karate Kid, he starts demonstrating a few of the Karate Kid moves. It's okay. And a little part of my soul died because as I was reading the trivia, it went into like the Karate Kid is a, I don't know, like coming of age story from 1980, like, you know, just like the explanation of a movie. I was like, no, everybody knows what Karate Kid is. And I was like, no, that thing is old as hell. (laughs) Yeah. um, So there was, you know, the three main Karate Kids. You can probably stop after two, although if you want to watch... Cobra Kai, the TV show, you should watch all three. Then there was a fourth one, The Next Karate Kid, which was with Hilary Swank. It still had Mr. Miyagi in it, though. Oh, And he's trading her. I've never watched that one, to be honest. And then they did a remake of it with Mm -hmm. that Will Smith produced and his son, Jaden, starred in it with Jackie Chan in the Mr. Miyagi role. Oh, I've heard about that. Although it takes place in China instead of the U.S. It's a fish out of water of him being in China and then getting beat up by some, you know, sort of young karate masters in China and then getting trained by his maintenance man at his... I feel like it wasn't as good, but I don't really remember. The karate was much better. (laughs) We'll say that. (laughs) But it was hard to have like sort of a romantic story in it as part of an enjoyable part of it because they're so young. Mm-hmm. They were like middle school at best, and in Karate Kid, they're seniors in high school. So it's it makes a little more sense right. that they have a you know a good romantic plot line going. But yeah, so that just kind of bummed me out that <laughs> the trivia felt the need to explain Karate Kid. Well, I had Tyler watch Karate Kid, and he loved it. Mm-hmm. And so he's ready for Karate Kid 2. I want to get him through 2 and 3 so he can start watching Cobra Kai with me. And I've watched every season of Cobra Kai and even the last season, the fifth season, the finale was just incredible. Yeah. Like, it's everything you wanted it to be. And they bring back all the old characters from the movies 1, 2, and 3, either in a cameo sort of role or as a full cast member. So I'm guessing you didn't oversell it to him and then it blew his freaking mind. Uh, yeah. Although you have to really build things up for him to get him to watch something that he's never watched before. Mm-hmm. It's not easy doing that. It usually has to be his idea, or there's going to be a lot of complaining and stalling. I think the only reason I got him to watch it was because he had heard of Cobra Kai. He had walked in on me watching it now and then and sort of saw a few exciting little scenes of it. Okay. And so I said, well, you and I can watch this together when you've seen the Karate Kid movies. Oh, okay. Which you really do need to see to really enjoy the TV show. You're a purist, I guess. Hmm. So after his display of karate skills, Robin says, maybe I did oversell you a bit. (laughs) That's a good line. They cut up to Barney's room. I read this in trivia, although I don't watch the the 70s show, but apparently his bedroom was uh, the exact set used from one of the characters in the 70s 70s show. show. Yeah. Um, they found a picture of Barney in a basketball uniform as a little kid. No, they actually found like the basketball jersey. Oh, that's right, the jersey, thanks. And Barney said he loved basketball, but they kicked him off the team because he was too good to play with the other players. Yeah, it wasn't fair to them. <laughs> Marshall right away. That sounds plausible. <laughs> he asked James to confirm this for him, and then he leaves the room. <laughs> as James is confirming him once he's out of earshot, um, he goes, he sucked. Coach cut him from the team and mom fed him that story so he'd feel better. I mean, this is a little kid. Who gets cut from a team, like, when you're 
eight to ten. They don't. Doesn't you t- everybody? <laughs> you teach that. I mean, yeah, maybe things were a little more hardcore back in the eighties and nineties, but no, you teach the kid how to play. Right. He, they don't come in knowing how to play. Yeah, I would have bought this more if this was middle school. <laughs> this just seems like a mean elementary school. And then Barney finds his letter from the postmaster general. And we get a little flash to Barney as a kid reading this letter. With a bubble of the, <laughs> what he would imagine the Postmaster General look like. It looks like a Civil War general. And <laughs> actually really sounds like one, too. It sounds like a Southern <laughs> right. Civil War general. A rebel, as it were. And I enjoy how this goes off the rails. <laughs> so uh, let me start off with the, the part that makes sense, then you, <laughs> you get into the going off the rails. Okay. He says, I sincerely apologize about losing all the invitations. Oh, good impression. You sent out your eighth birthday party. That's, that's why none of your classmates showed up. Not because you threw up when they turned the lights off at the planetarium. Ah, no one even noticed that. Go ahead. Also, Janie Masterson's mother is a whore. And with gin on her breath at ten in the morning, she's got some nerve kicking us out of the carpool. Love, Postmaster General. <laughs> <laughs> so Marshall asks, us, did this go on? Did she make up a lot of stuff? James says constantly. She put more effort into some lies than others. Here we get the flashback, which I think we've seen this before already, right? Yeah, except for... The voices. Yeah, no. The, yeah, they, they... Oh, I didn't even notice. Was it Was it uh, Francis Conroy's voice this time? Yeah, it kind of sounded like neither. Okay. Yeah, wasn't it originally like Megan Mullally? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it didn't... I don't know. Maybe it was um, his current mom, but I just... I it did look tell. like the same scene because she was sort of uh, pacing saying, back, yeah. back and forth in it. Same pants... Um, he's asking her who his dad is. She just, Bob Barker's on the TV and she just points to him. That's your dad. (laughs) I don't know. That guy. James got a lot of celebrities too. Flip Wilson, Bill Cosby, James Earl Jones. I don't know who Meadowlark Lemon is. Did you look that up? You know what? I meant to, but I didn't. Um, as he's talking, someone picks up a glove, a white sparkly glove. Well, as he's saying, you know, Barney's no help. He still believes every lie that my mom told us growing up. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Once when I think it's Lily picking up uh-huh. a, a, a white um, sparkly glove, he goes, "Careful, Michael Jackson said that sent me that glove for my tenth. Damn. <laughs> I remember I was with. I mean, there's always that old trope of parents saying that they're sending the family dog to a farm to live mm-hmm. on a farm, and um, I, we were. I was with my dad and his brother. This was. I don't know, 20 years ago, not, yeah, maybe around 20 years ago, we were all together for something. I was in my late 20s, and they were talking about old times and about their dog and how, um, it, you know, it went to live on a farm or something. And then my dad all of a sudden realized, oh, wait a second. <laughs> oh, no. And it was like, he just had never thought about that dog since he was a kid. Sure. And so he started, his eyes started to tear up. Oh. Then we get, you know, commentary about, you know, how much Loretta lied to the kids, but Lily saying, like, you know, all parents kind of do it. Marshall's mom would decide to give him, decide that Marshall was sick and give him a ton of cough medicine until he passed out when he was acting too hyper. That's really bad. That's... I, you hear that a lot about parents in like the <laughs> 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe even into the 90s. Marshall says it stunted his growth. He hit <laughs> six foot four in the fifth grade. And then they bring up the topic of the lie about Santa. And we get it back and forth. I don't really want to go that far into these, but between Marshall and Lily about whether or not that they'll tell their kids about 
Santa not being real. Lily wants to be honest. Marshall wants to carry on the deception. Right. But before they get into that little bit of back and forth, there's a <laughs> a good one where Marshall is pointing out that, you know, Santa's a good lie. Like when we tell Ted he'll meet the right girl and settle down. And Ted confirms. I always find that reassuring. <laughs> Marshall, you'll meet her, buddy. And he like kind of gives him a hug. And Ted, the look on Ted's face, he's just like looking all goofy. Like <laughs> he's really reassured by this. Like, you think so? <laughs> But Ted knows, I mean, they're winking at the camera here. Ted knows what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's still very fun. Like, if you watch his expression, like, his expression makes the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I missed that part. <laughs> but, um, yeah, then Marshall and Lily get we, into their back and forth. We dealt with this with Tyler. Oh. Was this, when was it? It was this, this year. A, it was, yeah, I was trying to Earlier this it. year. It was sometime, like, spring, summer, I think. I think Tyler had just heard too many, seen too many and heard too many things That's from right. kids and podcasts. And Wait, are we allowed to talk about this? Do kids listen to this podcast? No. Do we need to put a disclaimer? All right. <laughs> we're, 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 gonna, we're about to talk the truth, people. Tyler, every time he's asked, we've said, no, Santa's real. And, and anyone, he just kept asking. Yeah. Like, anyone, not every day, but I it was, was like well, well, every couple this was, of weeks. Yeah, this was going on for about six months where he was really trying to get to the bottom of this because... We tell him, yes, he's real. For kids that say that he's not real anymore, they're the ones that aren't getting presents from him anymore. Right. So that's how we decided to deal with it for a while. And then, you know what? We, I just couldn't anymore. He kept asking, so it seemed like you know he knew he just wanted the confirmation. Right. And so we that told him. That was a him, miscalculation. <laughs> we told him, yes, you know, Santa's not real. He started crying. He was devastated. And then he was very mad at us for telling him. Which we thought he was telling us to tell him. Right. We, I mean, <laughs> we misread that. Unintentional. Yeah. I, I mean, we we made our bet, but then, yeah, we didn't do it at first question. Like we definitely strung it along as long as we could until it was like, okay, like he keeps asking, he wants to know. And then he told us that can we pretend like you didn't tell me? And it's so cute when he does it now because he's like, when it's Christmas, can you put some gifts from Santa? Even though I know he's not real, just put it anyway. <laughs> so freaking cute. I can't handle it. <laughs> All right. Barney finds old Valentine's Day cards. He was very impressed with himself because all the girls wrote him a Valentine's Day card. James pointed out that it's funny. That's the same sex handwriting as Postmaster General and Mom. <laughs> and Home Run King, Frank Aaron. <laughs> Do you know what the real name is? Yes, of course. What Hank Aaron. Okay. Goodness sakes, you act like I didn't collect baseball cards, too. I think I forgot that you ever collected baseball cards. Mm, they're in our basement somewhere. Hmm. Those are worth a ton. Uh, they totally are. <laughs> Barney finds a letter. It's addressed to a Sam Gibbs. He opens it up. It was never sent. And there's a picture of young Barney and James. And on the back, Loretta wrote, your son. Loretta then enters, you know, with Sloppy Joes. James asks, you know, who's Sam Gibbs? She makes this really funny noise. And then... That doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> yeah, she gets a little spastic in this scene coming up. Um, they show her the picture and show her that it wrote your son. She explains that that means your son, North Dakota. I mean, this is quick on your feet thinking. Oh, yeah, she was very fast. It's very <laughs> Barney-esque, actually. Ooh, yeah, good point. This is where Barney gets it all from. They were there on vacation, I guess, and Barney and James rescued the mayor's dog when they were kayaking. The mayor was Sam Gibbs, and he wanted a picture of them so he could make statues of them both. I guess she never sent it. Now, how about those sloppy joes? <laughs> James points out that this, their old swing set is in the background of this picture. She yells, I don't know! I did the best I could as a single parent. 
And she recommends putting coleslaw right on top of the sloppy joe. Have you ever done that? I have not, but I can see how that could be good. I don't like coleslaw, so I wonder if I would enjoy that at all. Oh, yeah. That is surprising. I don't know why you don't like it. it seems like a thing you would like. I don't know. Good question. <laughs> but I will try that. <laughs> James. At some point. James says, can you believe her after she leaves? Bernie goes, I know. Forgetting to send the photo, that poor sculptor had to work from memory. Those statues probably look nothing like it, like us. <laughs> now, at this point, does Barney... He just has that, to be being willfully ignorant. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same thing with Bob Barker. He knows Bob Barker's not Yeah. Sad. I mean, we get that glimpse of that when they're approaching Sam's house, where he, like, admits. But I think, you know, at some points it's just easier than accepting some of these hard truths that she was trying to keep from him. So he's Tyler who wants us mm-hmm. to write Santa on gifts. Yes. So part of me felt that Tyler just was worried he wouldn't get as many gifts <laughs> if he wasn't getting ones, quote unquote, from Santa. No, but that it wasn't seems the issue. like, yeah, <laughs> it seems really like it's was. really more of a, a mythology he really en- has always enjoyed mm-hmm. and wants to enjoy for a little while longer. Yeah. Although it has made shopping for him a little bit easier. Because <laughs> he'll be like, I want something. I'm like, okay, we can put it on the holiday list. <laughs> as opposed to. Well, I, I don't have to have like as much secrecy of like, oh, Santa brought you this. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just has made it a little more like we can just have a conversation about like, okay, here's the thing you want if it's kind of expensive. We don't have know. to worry about accidentally giving him a gift from Santa on Hanukkah. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> well, Steve's a weirdo who like wraps presents before Christmas comes and like puts them under the tree. I like the look of it. it. It sort of cheers you up to walk into a room <laughs> with a tree with a bunch of presents under it. And, and often, Hanukkah starts way before right. Christmas. So we let him open a gift tonight, starting on Hanukkah. And then his birthday's seven days before Hanukkah, so he can open some presents for that. Right. Yeah, so there, there's a method to my madness. There is, but then it leads to the, yeah, Santa bringing Hanukkah presents. <laughs> We've never, I, we don't put out the Santa ones until the 25th. <laughs> They're like here for him when he gets back from mm-hmm. our family trip to Erie. So Robin tells Ted that he sent Liz another email, uh, telling that she hopes she doesn't think she was trying to oversell Ted. He's generally a nice, down-to-earth guy, and that they'd hit it off. And that's and perfect. Then, <laughs> yeah, and then she goes a little further. <laughs> Is he going to rock your world in bed? No. But he's clean, open to criticism, and not into anything too weird. He's not bad at all. Not bad at all. I'll be honest. The email. <laughs> the first few times aren't going to be that great. <laughs> and on and on. Um, we cut back to James. He's con- trying to convince Barney, you know, there's no your, your son, North Dakota. Sam Gibbs wasn't the mayor, but he might be one of our fathers. Barney pops in with, he's not my dad. My dad's Bob Barker. And then James comes down pretty hard on him. you got to stop writing these fairy tales. Bob Barker is unequivocally not your father. James decides he's going to go. Like, the address isn't far. Like, he's going to go check this out. They cut to the moving van. Barty (laughs) says, so we're doing this. We're really going to go disturb the peaceful Long Island retirement of the former mayor of Yorson, North Dakota, on a Sunday (laughs) afternoon. And James points out that he's just too scared to face the truth. Marshall and Lily are with them in the in the front cab. She leans over. Marshall leans over and says, "Maybe we shouldn't have brought these sloppy joes." Hey, what's done is done. <laughs> then they cut to the cargo part of the moving van where Robin and Ted are. 
Really, yeah, everyone I, had to come with, huh? Yeah, and at first, like, I didn't realize, because I usually, like, kind of write, like, where each scene is happening. And I was about to write, you know, Barney's house, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, no, they're in the truck. <laughs> yeah. That's illegal, by the way. Yes. Yeah, Ted's giving some recommendations for what she should write instead. Solid as a rock. Dependable. Rugged. She points out it sounds like a Chevy website. <laughs> He's trying to hit the perfect middle ground. So she writes, why don't we go opposite ends, opposite extremes, all in one message. Ted Mosby is really handsome, but extremely violent. And really rich, but lacks bladder control. And then a bump makes her accidentally send it. And apparently she sent it to everyone. And so we cut to the front cab where they're all laughing, reading their phones. Although it's unclear, did she also send it to that woman? <laughs> yes, she did. Like, why would they all be on one But I like, I like Barney's. The only thing he's laughing at is really rich. Right. <laughs> they're at the house of Sam Gibbs. Sam Gibbs does not have a ring doorbell because they're standing in his yard forever. Hmm. Oh, yeah, we just got a ring doorbell, too. <laughs> I think we already mentioned that. Never mind. Yeah, that's right, because I installed it myself. Mm-hmm. All right, then we get a very touching emotional scene where as Barney and James are going up to the door, Barney stops him, says, you know, he knows Bob Barker's not really his dad. He's Although he doesn't crazy. actually say it. That's true. He just liked feeling special for once. Uh, but he said it's time to let go of the fantasy. It's time to grow up. And they knock on the door, and the door is answered by Sam Gibbs, played by Ben Vereen. Now, most people, even our age, don't know who Ben Vereen is. Nope. Uh, he was sort of the Wayne Brady of the 70s and 80s. Oh, like interesting. He was a, he's a really well-known song and dance and comedy guy. He had his own show for, like, a variety show for a little bit in the 70s. Okay. Um, His acting, you know, he's appeared in a million things, but back in the 80s he was most well-known for Roots, a miniseries, which was a huge hit of a miniseries back in the 80s, or back right around 1980, I think. Wasn't it? I thought that was the 70s. Maybe it was. I think it was, like, right around 1980, if not 1980. Okay. And people more our age, you know, who are in their 30s, 40s, or 50s, might remember him as Will Smith's estranged father on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh. And there was that really emotional scene between Will Smith and him where he kind of comes into Will Smith's life for a couple days and then is going to let him down by disappearing again. And uh, Will Smith, the actor, does a really good job of crying Mm -hmm. in this scene on... On uh, his reaction to his dad leaving him again. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of sitcoms, it hit emotional notes. Yeah, and actually, any time I watch that scene, I tear up. Oh, I bet. from it. And my dad didn't leave. <laughs> he moved out. Yes. Yeah, but he was he was always close by. Yeah. So James introduces himself, says that Sam might have known his mother Loretta Stinson in the seventies, and sounds like Loretta. <laughs> Loretta. He knew her and then puts two and two together when he sees the picture and says, you're my son. And they hug. And then the gang's a little worried about, you know, what this is going to do to Barney because Sam Gibbs is obviously black. Mm -hmm. Not just black, but fairly dark, pigmented black. Mm -hmm. Much like Wayne Brady himself. But Barney runs up, yells, Papa, and hugs (laughs) them. Uh (laughs) 
And Marsh, or Barney goes completely overboard with it. It's three of the same guy. That's why I'm so good at basketball. <laughs> says, guys, I'm black. Sorry, African-American. No, I'm allowed to say either. Um, James explains who Barney is and how he's going to be acting, so Sam is prepared. But Sam did know about James. Um, right. He found out about him when James was two, but Loretta was clear she was going to write some on her own. But he always wanted to meet him. I can't imagine that. Like, I don't know. This clearly is not a problem for women, but like, can you imagine just having, like, a child out in the world you don't even know about? Hmm. No, I can't imagine it. I think it's so rare. You'd have... I think it's hard for me to imagine because I don't think any woman would be like, this guy is such a bad guy, I gotta keep that kid away from <laughs> right. him. Right. Although Sam might have not been that way, probably wasn't that way either. But, you know, Loretta is Loretta. Oh my gosh. So, tangent story. When I was, I think I might have been, in, I must have been in college, and I was like kind of talking to this guy. I wasn't like super serious or anything, but we were like hanging out one night, and he got a call from his ex girlfriend. And literally, it was she had a baby, and he had no idea that she was even pregnant. Like they hadn't spoken, and she just had a baby. Like it was like, and she called him right after having it, saying, "I just had your baby," even though you didn't know I was pregnant with your baby. Yeah, I can't remember if she How called him that? directly or some somehow this news got to him, <laughs> and so he obviously was like had to go. But I was just like, "Oh my god, can you hmm. even imagine?" Because he was young too. Like he was younger than me, and I was probably yeah twenty at most. And I think he was probably, like, had just turned 18. Crazy times. I like Ted. This is unusual from Ted. <laughs> I Wait, love this scene. <laughs> Barney and James are two years apart. If Sam only knew Loretta for a few months, <laughs> he couldn't possibly be Barney's father. Robin whips out her phone. He's also quite the detective. Marshall, as, you know, Barney's running off to get his camera, Marshall suggests, why don't we just let him have this one? Which I think is a complete unfair ask of Sam. Like, pretend like this kid might be your kid. This guy might be your kid. I mean, kid. I don't think he was asked. I thought he was asking that of the group. I don't know that he was asking Well, he was Sam. saying it within earshot of Sam, and uh, okay. Sam could have said, look, dude, I'm not your dad. Which he right. says, actually, in a later episode. <laughs> right. Still not your dad. Right. Yeah, I mean, he also just says, you know, for a day, he's not, like, asking. No, you don't ask someone to pretend, like, to not deny someone that they're your son. For a day. <laughs> I see it makes sense why he said it, and it leads to a little bit of comedy with Barney here. Right. But yeah. I mean, I guess that, that's a different interpretation. It's an unfair ask yeah. Sam. No, it's just a different interpretation than I took. Like, I, I just assumed Sam was just doing this out of the goodness of his heart, and that, like, Marshall was telling the gang. Because Lily started, was saying, like, we'll snap him out of this when he gets back. And it, to me, I just took it, like, Marshall telling the gang, like, just let this go for now. Barney thought he was a light-skinned Caucasian, but he's a really light-skinned African-American. So I think you skipped over. I do not understand, and I, maybe I just don't know the art, this Salvador Dali reference. So Barney comes back with his camera, asks Ted to take a picture, and Ted says, I think you'd need Salvador Dali to capture this particular moment. Well, I don't know what that means. Da- yeah, I mean, he was just really abstract. Okay, so... Remember I had that Salvador Dali print and I had it in a frame and it was like a melting clock and there's a lot of stuff going on in yeah it. Um, yeah that's I, what so that was kind of where my brain was like I don't know how that applies it here yeah it wasn't a good reference okay so it's just it was a weak reference bad writing not me not understanding then we're inside um 
Sam and James are playing the piano and Jay, or Sam's playing it and then he in, invites James to come sit down and sing. Yeah, and it's a really Stand nice moment me. between the two of them. It's very cute. And then, and then Barney <laughs> comes in bebopping into their duet. I mean, at first he kind of like, he's adding some, I don't know, musical terms very well, but he's adding things that make sense in context. But Lily keeps song. pulling him out because right. it's not his moment. Right. Which and, he doesn't. But then it gets worse. At some point he starts scatting. Yeah. And then she pulls him away again. Then Ted and Robin are sitting out on lawn chairs outside. Robin gets a text. Liz still wants to meet him. This confuses Ted because after what was sent to her, you wouldn't think she would want to. But now he's starting to think, realize that Robin oversold Liz. She's not a total 10. And I, not my favorite line. <laughs> Ted says, you said she looked like a movie star. She does. Robin says, Robert De Niro from Cape Fear. Yeah, that was weird. I did enjoy the, you said she was a 10. I did not specify on what scale. Yeah, the, I found that. <laughs> this part was the weakest part of, for me, of the Robin Ted stuff. I don't know. That one made me, like, really laugh. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why do we have opposite views on every single joke? This one, you mean? This... No, this happens every episode. No, no, there's, there's episodes where we're right in sync, but yeah, there are a lot where I dislike most of the ones you like and you dislike the most of the ones I like. Right. I do like the Barney running by real fast. <laughs> Dad, look how fast I can run. Dad, you're not looking. James tells Sam that he has a, a son, which means Sam has a grandson. And we cut back to Loretta's house. Um, you know, Barney's up in his room, I guess, still packing, and Loretta comes in and, you know, Says that she needs to talk to him. They need to have a long overdue heart-to-heart. Barney interrupts her, says, Me first, Mom. There's something I need to ask you, and I I just want to be honest with you, but... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Says, I, I, wanna, I want you to be honest with me. Why do white people like Carrot Top? <laughs> which, which I thought was kind of funny, because, you know, you think he's going to go ahead and launch into the dad conversation, but instead he's still carrying on the idea that he's a black person and right. doesn't understand why white people like Carrot Top. I feel bad for Carrot Top. He's such a butt of all the jokes whenever you have to reference a comedian. I was thinking about that when I heard that line. I was like, poor guy. I've watched his stand-up once or twice. It's actually really funny. Oh, really? Yeah. He's actually a really good stand-up comedian. But yeah, he does draw a lot of... He is a target for this kind of criticism because he's got sort of an off-brand act and he looks weird. Right. Is he still all buff? Do you remember when he did that? Yeah, that and was... I think he's gotten some weird plastic surgery done mm. on his face, so he looks weird, too. That's dis- disappointing. Loretta goes into a little bit of a you know, monologue of, you know, she always wanted to be enough for them. You know, it, it hurt her a little bit when they would ask about their dads because she wanted to be both parents. But she comes out with it. Sam is not your father. Right. Barney says, are you sure? <laughs> yes, he's black, dear. <laughs> But she said, you know, if you want, I'll, I can tell you who your father is. And then we get, you know, this really, like... Montage of flashbacks yeah. of, all, of some of the lies that she told him. And it's starting to become clear to him. Or the context behind He's opened them. himself up to what really happened. And so we get the flashbacks of him as a little kid and these scenes that we've already discussed from his childhood. And they have Frances Conroy in like a, an <laughs> 80s mom style wig. I wish they had just cast somebody younger. Right. It really takes me out of these scenes to have her looking the same she looks in the face. Right. Yeah, it was very weird. 
But it's, you know, what truly happens in the basketball scene. Right. And you just see, like, what a good mom she was. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we we got a lot in past episodes about, you know, she was you know, sleeping around a lot, maybe not the best parent when, you know, when we get that flashback of, like, oh, yeah, that's your dad. But you see here, like, she was really, like, looking out for him and wanting what was best for him and, like, connecting with him. She gives him, back in real time, Information on who his dad is, and he just tears it up. Right. He says he already has a dad, a father, and his name is Loretta. So, yeah, this is where I teared up, like, <laughs> just seeing all those little flashbacks and him saying that. I could see that. Yeah. Surprised you didn't cry. I am a crier, but no, this, didn't, this one didn't get me. <laughs> and then we have a weird last scene of more... Barney interrupting the singing between Sam and <laughs> with James. somehow an auto tune. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I knew auto tune was like a handheld device. All right, what's your favorite joke? Um, let's see. I think my favorite, like one liner, was the he's also quite the detective. Like the uh, delivery on that was really good. But mine? I think the whole, like, this, like, a uh, scene one is um, the Marshall and Ted back and forth of, like, when he's saying, that's why we always tell Ted that he's going to meet someone. Okay. <laughs> my favorite is the, that's what your mom said, gag with the boxes. <laughs> and then my least favorite is the Robert De Niro thing. Yeah, I'd say my least favorite is probably the carrot top thing. Like, yes, I know it was, like, the misdirect, but I don't know. Just let that moment be that moment. Okay. What do you think I ranked it? Oh, let me find our rankings. All right. So I really liked this, but I feel like according to your criteria, it's going to rank lower because I don't know that there was anything that, like, is super quotable that we use, but it had some good jokes. I'm going to go 49. No, 88. Ah, that's funny because I was debating between 38 and 49. <laughs> what did you say, 88? 88, yeah. Okay. Wow, yeah, you did not like this one as much as me. Well, at least it made top 100. Next episode is Unfinished, which is fun oh. in that Barney is... The project is back at Goliath National Bank to build a new building, so Barney's trying to convince Ted to take the job again. And Ted's okay. resistant because he's kind of happy where he is. And then we get the whole gag of Barney trying to seduce Ted. Using all the same taxi- tactics he uses with women right. to seduce them. Okay, yeah, I don't remember this one. That like I, I remember that context, but I don't remember. And it's also the one where Robin is constantly calling <laughs> Don, who's nice. living in Chicago now, and leaving them threatening messages, which okay. is well done. Okay, that part I remember more. Where's the poop, Jen? <laughs> You'll get that joke next week. Hmm. All right, everyone. So, you know, write into us. We didn't get an email this time, but we'll look forward to a uh, pile on of them next time. <laughs> and thank you to all of our Runkle Recaps at gmail.com. I was going to say thank you to all of our Spotify listeners, but also thank you to everybody else that listens to. <laughs> Spotify is just the only one that gives us a nice little wrap up. All right. Well, until. The next couple weeks, and if we don't get a chance to say it before the holiday, happy holidays! Yeah, happy, happy holidays! New year. Happy New Year! Bye.